Welcome to Redeem Christian Church of God. We are reaching you live from Divine Favor Center, Bangkok, Thailand. ยินดีต้อนรับสู่คริสจักรแห่งการทรงไถ่คริสเตียนของพระเจ้าประเทศไทยสถานที่แห่งความโปรดปรานของพระเจ้าพระธรรมเทศนาในวันนี้มีขึ้นในกรุงเทพ A man invested all his savings in real estate. Which means everything he had. He was a lawyer at that time. All his earnings, all his savings, he decided to pack everything together and start buying properties. But then shortly after that, there was a devastating fire in Chicago. This is a fire that we all know today as the Great Chicago Fire. And this fire destroyed almost all the properties, including his four-year-old son. Just two years later. He sent his wife and four of his daughters. He had five children. The son was already dead, so he sent his wife and four remaining daughters on a uh, family vacation. And as we all know, that was a long time ago. There was no airplane then, so they had to go on a ship. While they were traveling, another ship collided with their own, and all his four daughters died. And when the wife got to England, where they were going on the uh, vacation. There was no phone there. There was no way you could, you know, she could send a text message. So she sent a note back to the husband. And the only thing she wrote in that note was saved alone. Which means we were five that took this journey, but I am the only one alive. This man jumped on the next ship and went to meet his wife. And when he got to that spot where it was said that his four children died. He wrote a poem. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well. Night, 
เหมือนแม่น้ำครับผมแล้วก็เวลาเ,เรามีความเศร้าครับผมก็คือว่าในทุกสถานการณ์ท่านต้องบอกว่าทุกอย่างดีสำหรับท่านครับ Now we all see why this story is still relevant in 2022. เรื่องนี้ยังสำคัญใน2022คือเรื่องที่เราลองเพลงนี้ครับ It takes a heart that is totally sold out to God. To write such poem at such devastating moment. What this writer was saying is, even though I've lost everything, I still put my trust in God. Even though to the world things may still may seem hopeless, I know that with God it is well with my soul. The second verse says, "Though Satan should buffet, though trials will come, let this blessed assurance control." That Christ has regarded my helpless estate and has shed His own blood for my soul. This man is saying, despite all that is happening around me, my soul has been paid for with God, and I still hold on to that. Now let us all go back to our Bible reading, Psalm 34, from verse 1 to 4. Psalm 34, from verse 1 to 4. One says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Now, for some versions that has an introduction to that verse, you will see it says a psalm of David when he changed his behavior before Abimelech. This was a man that just escaped death by behaving, by uh, pretending that he was an imbecile. This was a man that was running elter skelter for his life so he wouldn't be killed. But even in the midst of that chaos, he says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. David was a fugitive at that time, and even those that were around him, it can be said, how oh, can this man sing this kind of song? Can't he even get angry for once and cause God? 
But rather, David chose to bless the name of the Lord. Now we begin to wonder, so why is David, we've been hearing in the Bible, David is a man after God's heart. Why? And I jot down two reasons here. Number one is he was always quick to repent when he's wrong. When he took uh, uh, the wife of the man, uh, Uriah, when he took Uriah's wife, and then the prophet came to him and gave him a story. Okay, what should be done to this man, this rich man that has everything? And then when he had a visitor, he went and met a poor man and killed the only thing that that man had. He gave judgment immediately. He didn't even know who was involved. After giving the judgment, the prophet said, actually, it is you. It's easy for a king to say, after all, I'm a king. A king is supposed to have anything he wants. And even God in his response says, David, you are a man that I've given everything. Even if you wanted more, I would have given it to you with all pleasure. David could have easily changed that judgment because he was a king, but no, he accepted it. The second reason why David was a man after God's heart is he was an addicted worshiper. The situations around do not define whether David will praise God or not. Let's open our Bible to Psalm 119, verse 164. Psalm 119, verse 164. If you are there, you can please read for us. Psalm 119, verse 164. Seven times a day do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgment. Hallelujah. It says seven times a day will I praise God. Now, if you search the scripture, you will see that David only prayed three times a day. 
So it means even with all the chaos going around him, his praises was more than his petitions to God. He was always rejoicing in the presence of the Lord, regardless of what is going on. Now it took Satan can and this is a word that is coming to you and I today. Whatever is going on around us should not determine whether we will praise God or not. It shouldn't only be when God is answering our prayers and things are moving on fine, then we begin to sing praises to God. And then when we have any little challenge, we say, oh God, no, 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 I can't. People even begin to ask, ah, why didn't we see you in service? Ah, you will not understand. I'm going through so much these days. Let's see another situation where David praised God in First Chronicles 29 from verse 9 to 14. First Chronicles 29 from verse 9 to 14. It says, Then the people rejoiced for that they offered willingly, because with perfect heart they offered willingly to the Lord. And David the king also rejoiced with great joy. Ten, wherefore David blessed the Lord before all the congregation. And David said, Blessed be thou, Lord, blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in the heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord. And thou art exalted as head above all. Twelve, both riches and honor come of thee, and thou reignest over all. And in thy hand is power and might, and in thy hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. Thirteen, now therefore our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. But who am I? And what is my people that we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort? For all things come of thee. And of thine own have we given thee. Here we see when the people willingly offer to the building of the temple. When David wanted to build a house for God, God says, No, you cannot build a house for me because your hand is too soiled with blood. But I give you an exception. You can actually provide everything you think will be needed to build the house. So when he announced to the people and everyone began to, uh, to give willingly, he was exceedingly happy. 
ก็คือว่าตอนที่ทุกคนมาถวายกับพระเจ้าเขาก็มีความยินดีมากครับผม And he didn't take that glory for himself and say, "Ah, it's because I'm a great king. That's why everybody responded very well." No, okay, okay. Maybe He returned all glory to God after a victory. Now this will lead us to another question: When should we praise God? I know the topic already says in everything praise God. But then, is there a restriction to when we can praise God? At yet times we cannot praise God. At yet times it is sacred. It only has to be for prayer. We cannot praise God. The first one says in the morning. Ah, koku welale koku wa. Psalm 59 verse 16. But I will sing of thy power, yea, I will sing aloud of thy mercy in the morning. It means when we wake up and before we begin to go with the hustle and bustle of life, first thing in the morning, let us praise God. The praises you give to God in the morning sets the mood for the day. You begin to see that you move from victory to victory, even when there are troubles. Your mind is at peace. Why? Because you know that your God is with you. The next one in the night. Job 35 verse 10. Job 35.10. Verse 10. But none said, Where is my God, my maker, who giveth songs in the night? Amen. God gives you and I songs that we can sing in the night. It means God has ordained his praises in your mouth and in my mouth in the night. Life wasn't, unfair to, uh, wasn't fair to you throughout the day when you get home at night and you want to sleep, sing praises to God. Trust me, sometimes those praises will come with tears. When you begin to think of all the things that has happened during the day, when you begin to think of all the chaos, all the troubles that has happened during the day, you want to put your head to rest at night and you begin to shed tears. For God is telling you and I today, even in that state, praise me. Now, 
The next one, Psalm 35, verse 28. Psalm 35, verse 28. It says, And my tongue shall speak of thy righteousness and of thy praise all day long. As I'm entering the bus, I'm praising God. And for those that are not entering buses anymore, as I'm entering my car, I'm praising God. As I'm getting into my workplace, I am praising God. As I'm going to sign that contract, I am praising God. Most of us, we relate to this. As I'm going to the immigration officer office, I'm praising God. Even when you don't know what they are going to say, but you are praising God, God, I know you have gone before me. Praise God all day long. There should never be a moment where we will keep complaining and complaining all over again. And God is waiting. Where is my food? You haven't given me my food today. We all agree that praise is the food of God, right? Now imagine you go a whole day, you go a whole week, and you haven't served God. The next one says, praise God when you are afflicted. James 1 from verse 2 to 4. James chapter 1 from verse 2 to 4. If you're there, please read. Okay, he's on the board. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have a perfect work that you may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. Amen. Count it all joy when you pass through diverse temptations. It means, it means even in that affliction, praise God. In the course of our studies in this month of praise, we are, we've learned that when God brings a situation your way, it's because he knows you can handle it and because he's preparing you for a future that you don't know yet. So praise God in that affliction because at the end of the day, everything will work out for good. When he says count it all joy, he didn't say count it all happiness. Joy is something that does not come with situations around. It's imbued. It just flows. 
regardless of what is happening. So count it all joy. Let it flow from within you to praise God at all times. The next one is praise God in blessings. Don't be like Nebuchadnezzar and says, This is Babylon that I have built with the power of my strength. When God has blessed you, return all glory back to Him. Psalm 68, verse 19. It says, Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. Amen. Amen. When you get your salary, you didn't say, ah, it's because I go to work every day of the month. It's because I'm a good employee. Remember, life has happened to so many people, not because they want to be like that, but because they have no control over it. So many people are in prison, not because they did something wrong, but life happened. So when we see any good thing at all, Let's return our praises back to God. When you pass your exams as a, as a student, you don't want to say it's because I'm very smart. I, I read very hard. That does not in any way say you shouldn't read hard or you shouldn't put in the hard work in your studies, but it is saying acknowledge God. There are so many people who would read hard and when they get to the exam, all oh, they forget everything. Again, in everything, give thanks. This will lead us to another part of today's sermon, and it's talking about types of worshippers. All of us here are going to fall into one or two categories of these types of worshippers. Now, some of these types are not entirely bad. But God, what God is telling you and I today is we can do better. And the first type of worshippers are emergency worshippers. These are the types of worshippers who only praise God as a tool to get his attention when they are in trouble. 
Now we've been learning throughout this month that when you, one of the easiest ways to get God's attention is to swing into praises and begin to praise Him. Now, these kinds of worshippers do not praise God every day. They are not diligent in their praises, but when they enter trouble, then you will hear their voices. You and I today shouldn't be emergency worshippers, only worshipping God as a tool to get his attention. The second one are transactional worshippers. They see praising God as a transaction. Those who only praise God when a particular aspect of their life is going good. To these people, God, when my marriage is smooth and rosy, I will always worship you. I will always praise you. But when anything happens, forget about me. Now, it is not a verbal conversation between them and God. It is just a subconscious thing. You just do it. You just find yourself doing it like that. The next one are ultimatum worshippers. As funny as this is, I've actually seen ultimatum worshippers. And these are worshippers who set a particular number of days or duration for God. Take, for instance, they are in a situation and they say, God, I'm going to praise you for 30 days. If after 30 days you don't do something, I'll find an alternative. Ultimatum worshippers. These are the kinds of worshippers that want to hold God at ransom. God is either I have my way or you lose me. You and I can do better this morning. And the next one are the unmotivated stroke, nonchalant worshippers. This set of people don't see worshipping God as something important. They can go about their day from Monday to Saturday without a single thank you, God. But when you see them in church on Sunday, you will think they've been praising God all their lives. 
They only see it necessary to praise God when they see others around that are motivating them to praise God. Sometimes it could be pride. I'm so smart. I'm, uh, I'm doing fine on my own. So I see no reason why I should praise God. Non-challenged worshippers. And the fifth one is what I want you and I to become today. Just like David. They are addicted worshippers. Those who feel very uncomfortable when they have not praised God in one day. I don't know if you have experienced it before. You go about your day and you begin to feel somehow. You check your life. It's not, it's not seen. But why am I feeling this disconnection? And no, I'm not talking about your time of morning devotion with God, prayer. No, no, no. I'm talking about setting that atmosphere of worship. Where you yourself will know that, yes, God is with me in this that I am doing. When we begin to pray, God can send his angels to come and answer our prayers. But when we begin to praise and worship God, he comes down himself because it is his food. He has to take it himself. So addicted worshippers are those who long for that relationship with God, for that communion, for that presence every day. Addicted worshippers are also those who praise God shamelessly. They are those who will come to church and we praise God with the whole of their heart. Not minding if their makeup is going to spoil or if their dress is going to shake or if their ether is going to fall, they praise God shamelessly. Addicted worshippers don't care if their dance steps is moving with the beat. They just want to dance. I didn't mention anybody's name. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Let's open our Bible to 2 Samuel chapter 6 from verse 16 to 23. 2 Samuel. And as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Micah, Saul's daughter, looked through a window 
and saw King David leaping and dancing before, before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. And they brought in the ark of the Lord and, and set it in his place in the midst of tabernacle that David, that, that David uh, fled and a uh, flagon of wine. So all the people departed, everyone to his uh, house. Then David returned to bless his household. And Micah, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, how glorious was the king of Israel today, who uncovered himself today in the eyes of the handmaid of his servant, as one of the vain fellows shamelessly uncovered himself. And David said unto Micah, It was before the Lord we choose me before thy father, and before all his house, to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord, over Israel. Therefore will I play before... Therefore... Will I play before the Lord, and I will yet be more vile than thus, mm. and will be based in my own sight, and of the maid servant, which thou hast spoken of. Of them shall I be had in honor. Therefore Micah, the daughter of Saul, had no child until the day of her death. Hallelujah. Amen. If you see how Micah responded to David, you can begin to picture his position when he was dancing to God. That a human being begin to feel disdain. How can a king so disgrace himself? He says, as one of the vain fellows, uh, fellows shamelessly uncovered himself. Let's see the response of David. It says, it was before the Lord. We chose me before your father. Which means before my God called me radical, called me shameless, I don't care. I am before my God. Now let's see what God responded in verse 23. He says, therefore, Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no child. In the Bible, she was the only barren woman that never gave birth to a child before she died. Now the question is, which of these worshippers are you? Which of these five worshippers are you? Are you an emergency worshiper? Or are you using praises as a medium of transaction between you and God? Are you there giving God ultimatum? If he does not do it, he will stop. 
Are you unmotivated or non-challenged? You don't really care. Or are you an addicted worshiper that says, Come what may, I must praise God. Are you the kind of worshiper that says, I don't care what is going on. My feeling does not determine if I will praise God or not. Our conclusion is, for, is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. Let us all open our Bible to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. As we all will be reading it together. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. And the last part, I want us to personalize it. It says, the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning me. That's the way I want us to read it. Are we all there? 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. 1, 2, go. In, in everything, everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning me. One more time, I want us to read it aloud with conviction. 1, 2, go. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning me. Let's open our mouths. Let's rise up on our feet. As I call on the choir for us to sing the last part of that special song again, this is a time of commitment between you and I and God. Let's say, Lord, I will praise you for the rest of my life. Lord, from today, I won't let whatever it is that is going on around me affect my praises with you. The song says, I will not be silent. I will always worship you. It says, as long as I am breathing, I will always worship you. It means the only requirement I need to praise you is the breath in my nostrils. And as long as I have that in me, I will always worship you. และท่านสามารถร่วมกับเราได้ผ่านทางช่องทางโซเชียลต่างๆอาทิเช่น Facebook, Twitter, YouTube และ Instagram เมื่อท่านร่วมกับเราขอพระเจ้าทรงอวยพรอาเมน You can connect with us on the following social media platform Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and Instagram God bless you as you worship with us